minus 10, 9. You're listening to the Launchpad Podcast with J-Man. Brought to you by Galant Media. Here's your host, J-Man. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. My name is J-Man. If you're a first-time watcher, possibly you've been along for all three seasons, I strongly suggest that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode at thelaunchpadpodcast.com. Also want to give out some huge sponsor love to Gallant Media and IT Gorilla. IT Gorilla will give you an opportunity to score yourself a free Android box and Gallant Media making sweet swag like this shirt doing business development with your website and graphic design. Now, the gentleman that I have on the show right now has a killer mindset. You need to have one if you're going to be a pro athlete. And not only was he a phenomenal pro athlete, scoring himself two Grey Cups with two separate teams, the Edmonton Eskimos, which you can see right there in the back, and the Montreal Alouettes, he's also transitioned into being a successful entrepreneur. Randy Spencer, thank you for being on the program. Happy to be here. (laughs) All right, buddy. So I want to start off with how we met. Do you remember how we met and where we met? Man, um... I always, I always say Miami, but I know it's Orlando. It is Orlando. Uh, uh, red, uh, the Red Roof Inn. Red Roof Inn. <laughs> in a hot tub. In a hot tub. <laughs> and not with a whole bunch of ladies. No. It was a hot tub. It was, it was a, just a sausage party. Yeah, it was a sad-looking hot tub. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was. But we, <laughs> we had a good time, and you were, you were there with a gentleman. He may have been someone on your team. We were there doing MLM at the time. I believe it was by Salas, yeah. right? That yeah, was like that's right. super ripped. And yeah, yeah, you were in the zone. <laughs> I was in the zone. And you were getting started, and you had done well. You would hit the first level in the compensation plan, uh, yeah. which was rising star at the time. I believe that I was a regional director, had my car bonus, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I was kind of dripping on you a little bit. And I think you kind of knew a little bit about me because maybe I'd been on yeah. stage or, or something of that nature. And you were really disappointed with your progress. And I was always blown away by that because here's this guy that had achieved the apex in his sport. Like in Canadian football, you can't do any better. In pro football, it's one of the top mm-hmm. accolades. And oh, yeah. I couldn't believe that someone who had achieved so much in his life was upset with or feeling a little bit conflicted with the fact that I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to A, B, or C <laughs> when it came to MLM. When you were already, you were killing it as far as what you could be doing at that time. So yeah. that obviously speaks a lot to your mindset and the fact that you just want championship type form now. Hundred percent. You want to win. You want it all, and you hold yourself to a high standard because you've always held yourself to a high standard to get to where you want to be in all those avenues of life. It's it's funny that you say like um, winning a championship, even in you know CFL. People are like, oh, it's not NFL. This and that. I remember one time I was down in Vegas uh, partying with a whole bunch of NFL boys for uh, it was um, Super Bowl, and. They saw my ring and they're all like, just like, they're like, man, I want one of those, man. Like, and that's it. Like football across the board, doesn't matter where you came from to win a championship. You don't care. You just want to win a championship. And that level is once you get to that level, the hardest part about that was you, you already know how to win. 
uh, you know what it takes. And then you want that to translate so easily into every other facet of your life. So then I'm sitting there going, man, I'm just like level one here. I need to be level 10. Uh, how, you know, trying to like rip every ounce of knowledge out of you at the time. You're like, this is a hot tub, man. It's not time to talk about this stuff. <laughs> and uh, that's where I was like, that's how you learn, right? You, you learn and you model after the people that have actually done it before. Absolutely. Go out there and learn from people that have already done it, right? Find out yeah. the people that have done what you want to do and, you know, drip on them. And I, yeah. I, I really thought it was fascinating, though, with that conversation, the fact that you wanted to be so far ahead and you kind of lose track of the fact of what you just said. You didn't become a pro football player overnight. You started at no. what age? 12. Right, yeah. 12. So it took you how many years to get to the CFL, and yet you start this new company, and immediately you wanted to be an ambassador, <laughs> make six figures. And it's, of course. it's great, but I guess that mindset sometimes, it's a little bit of a, a double-edged sword, right? It yes. pushes you to want greatness, but it also kind of forces you, I guess, uh, to really practice your patience. 100%. Yeah, it's the journey that, the journey, you have to remember, the journey is the thing that you remember. You don't, you know, that one five minutes, yeah, that is memorable when you make it, but you're going to remember all the struggles, all the ups, the downs, the whole way along that built you and molded you into who you had to be to actually succeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's powerful yeah. stuff. And we had spoken before, before we decided to do this podcast. And one of the things I asked you, and it led to a really interesting story in regards to your weight. Like yeah. people look at you and just assume that you're always a big kid. I said, what was the number one takeaway that football gave you? And you can give me your answer and elaborate on that with that story. Um, with the weight or takeaway all, all throughout? Um... Uh, from your pro, pro sports, what was the number one takeaway uh, and if I remember it correctly, it yeah. can kind of bleed into the weight gain. Yeah. Um, you know what? No one thought um, I was the one that was supposed to be playing football. Like coming out of being 190 pounds when I started, I think uh, that was it. Uh, I was like, I, I was determined to play. I said, this is what's going to happen. This is going to be my vehicle to success. I'm going to get a football scholarship. And I started dedicating myself every day towards that running 5K, you know, every night, uh, doing weights, everything, going to, once I got the football scholarship, I was the only one in Ottawa that year to get it and went down to Utah and I put on 20, 30 pounds. And then I came back, everyone's like, who the hell is that? Then, then I was, I went from 196 to 235 to 255 to 275. I remember laughing at uh, my senior year. The guys were like, oh, I bet you a dollar to get to 300. Each dollar, each pound to get to 300. And I was like, you guys are disgusting. <laughs> I right. was like, yeah, you're crazy. I'm never going to be 300. Yeah. <laughs> next year, I'm 305, like, like that. Because you get to the next level and you, you're training that much more and putting on that much more you know, muscle. But that consistency that hard work that translates into everything you do in life of, you know, persistence is um, what you know it takes to succeed. Nothing, nothing you do is overnight. Like 
nothing you do is overnight. It's no one, no one sees all that either. No one's going to remember me doing all the work it took to get to that certain points to win that. But I know that story and everybody else that lives that will know that work is persistence. It's consistency. It's every day being motivating yourself to want to succeed. Right. Being a self-starter. Yeah. I remember hearing that a lot, especially in MLM where you're just getting a whole bunch of no's or in sales in general, or where you just don't have people coming to you and you have to go out there and prospect. And I guess, you know, in sports, Oh my God, like that's just next level stuff. But I mean, <laughs> yes. uh, like w- when you were, when you were playing professionally and I've always wondered, cause people say, you know, it's a job and this and that, like, Mm, is no. there is there a part of it that that's a job and is there a whole bunch of it like you can't believe that you're playing a game like kids play this game yeah. and make no money like you're playing a game and you're ma- and you're making a living playing that game yeah the only job part was the amount of film that we watched right that's basically it uh everything else is yeah a blast <laughs> um just hanging around with the guys even if you're watching film you're with the guys anyways so and then you're just making in front of the guys that are falling asleep. So <laughs> Yeah, no doubt, eh? I don't know if it, it was not a job. When you get to do what you love, you know, your work becomes your play, becomes your work. You know, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's, that's when you're living um, your, true, your true calling. And then that's the hardest part is when that's done. What do you do next, right? Mm. But definitely... Um, when you're doing something you love, you're never going to notice it as work. Right. Never. I have that conversation with people that are in nine to fives that they don't necessarily love right now. And if you don't have passion in your occupation, it means every day you're just going out there and you're doing something right. And it's just kind of going to waste. Now, a lot of people, they, they, well, I won't say a lot of people, but there are some people that do find purpose in their nine to fives. But if, but if you don't, uh, why not just Mm -hmm. start putting a little bit of energy into something that you enjoy doing? And then through that consistency and putting an effort and that vision into something that you enjoy where that passion can start turning into a paycheck. And then who knows where it's going to lead you. I think it's so unfortunate that more people don't kind of open up that avenue opposed to just thinking it's too hard. I can't do it. Yeah. No, like every nine to five I've ever had has been amazing. Like I've learned something from it. I will never knock a nine to five ever. Oh, that's actually something I want to touch on, dude. Uh, you're telling me this story after you had injured yourself that you started working some odd jobs. And I thought it was so interesting. The thing that you told me was you took every one of those jobs, even if you didn't necessarily love them, you turned them into a learning opportunity. That is percent. Please speak on that. Um, so yeah, the year that I had, uh, my last year CFL, I, I left there. I had to get two shoulder surgeries and umbilical hernia surgery. And I had those all in within the year. So I was like, well, I got to work now. Football's done. Um, And so I ended up taking a job at a jewelry store in a local mall. And, you know, fresh off of winning great cops, like, you know, I'm still in my limelight or feel like I'm still, you know, there. And uh, I don't care. It's work, right? So I've never sold jewelry before, but I'm like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be the number one salesman. And whenever I meet that store owner today, he's like, I, he thanks me because he's, he's like, you saved me. I'm like, what? You saved me. You gave me a job. I didn't care. 
<laughs> like, he's like, no, like I was striving and pushing and from me pushing and push the other people to want to do more sales also. So, um, yeah, it was awesome. Just, but I sat there and I learned how to sell obviously because I was still doing jewelry, but in the meet in the spare times, I'd read a book, I'd read something to get ahead at every point. I was always le- trying to learn something to excel in any way like I did roof estimations I did MLM obviously um yeah I've done many many jobs I had a company for uh snow removal <laughs> like didn't matter to me I don't care what it is whatever you do do it to learn and then move on right right, right. there's a Canadian author Robin Sharma and he yeah. writes this book The Greatness Guide I th- he's also the one that wrote uh The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari uh, both phenomenal mm-hmm. books. And in that, I read that one. Yeah. Yeah. The Ferrari in, that, one, yeah. in that book, the greatness guide, he speaks of treating every job that you have, like you're the CEO, right? Do it with yeah. pride, do it well, learn what you can from it. And then through those behaviors, number one, you'll just create better disciplines. Uh, but through your work that shines above and beyond, potentially it could lead to some other work. Right. Yeah. For instance, I like oh, yeah. somebody's hustle and I, maybe there's a janitor. Now, I know this does not happen all the time, but I love the work ethic that I see this janitor puts into what he does. He's detail oriented. Put, your, put yourself in a position to actually win. If you're like, that's the thing people don't get is like you're always one person away from some connection that's going to better your life. If you're trying to put yourself in positions to win, like if you're just going through, you know, your mundane everyday things and you're not looking to progress no one's looking to help you're drawing you're drawing nothing towards yourself right right right. that positive energy will always attract positive energy right yes yeah so uh if you're in that mindset of like how can i win today how can i meet someone and help them someone's gonna come and help you (laughs) that's a very good point now that kind of ties in well i guess with goals right goals obviously really really important how do you go about your goal setting? I know that you actually do Zooms and this is something that you that you speak on to people. Like yeah. You are an expert. You've most definitely put in your 10,000 hours. If anyone knows about setting yeah. a goal and getting there, I mean, you've done it yeah. over and over and over. Well, there's a program I'm in right now too and it's a Bob Proctor program and there's different types of goal setting, right? And there's A type goal, there's B type goal, there's C type goals and it's what type of goal are you setting? Are you setting something that you already know you're going to achieve? Right. right. Are you setting something that, okay, now it's going to, it's going to push you a little bit, but there's a plan to it. And once I go through the plan, I'm going to achieve it, but you know, like something derails you and you give up and then that one's gone. Or is it a C-type goal, which is something that is a fantasy, something is like, you don't even know how to get there. Right. You're like, I want to do that, but I don't know. Like, that's, that was getting a football scholarship. I had no clue how to do it. But if I continually make the right decision every day, things will come to me, the resources will come, the answers will come that will put forth in front of my path to bring me towards that goal and the belief just compounds as you go until you reach it. Right. And that falls back to consistency, which we spoke on earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And you like, it's the motivation for a C type goal just gets more and more as you go. 
right. for something that you already know you can do, you, you lack the motivation. It's only temporary, right? But do things that push you to such a limit that it excites you constantly when you infuse yourself into that. Right. So yeah. let's go. I can't even imagine you were saying just getting a scholarship and playing pro football. Like yeah. that, that was a crazy level. So yeah. <laughs> then you go on to win two great cups and two great cups in five years. Right. So yeah. that's a lot of success in a very, very short period of time. Winning, winning a great cup. What was that like for you? For instance, like I, I where do you go <laughs> from there? Once you've achieved that top level, where do you go yeah. from there? Now, obviously, injuries plagued the ability to go out there and achieve those goals. But off the top of your head, can you remember what you thought was next for you? Um, right after football, you mean? Or no, you know, you're you're playing football. Happening. You're winning. You're winning these championships. Yeah. I mean, because you can't do any better than a great cup. So what's next? Is it personal? You're goals? not even thinking that. That's the problem. You're not right. even thinking about that. It's like you win the first one and you're like, okay, let's go win another one. Okay, let's go win another one until you're done winning them or your career's over them. Right. right? Okay. Like you're not thinking outside of football ever. Like, yes, you're thinking, okay, I might have to when it's like your 10th year or something. But if you're young, five years, is, you're just pushing, you're pushing, you're going to the next one. Right. So you're not really thinking outside of football for too long. Um, maybe just, you know, here and there, but not really long-term, like, C-type goal stuff. Right. That's, it, that's where the A and Bs always come in. Like, oh, I'm just going to make, you know, 20000 in the off-season or something like that. But nothing that's like, well, I'm going to change my whole life and this is what my next direction is. That doesn't come to you until you're forced to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's crazy that mm. that happens that way. And we're going to speak on that in mm. just a little bit. But I always find it's best when – you're kind of maybe paying a little bit more attention and you decide to make a change opposed to sometimes the abrupt thing that happens that yeah. forces you to change. But I mean, both they can both end up work. to be beautiful things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we're talking about winning great cups, big time achievements with these wins come the accolades, the rings, like you said, people have <laughs> the necklaces or whatever it might be. Yeah. You had your Grey Cup ring stolen. Yeah. Now, and it, <laughs> tell me, yeah. how does that happen? So I guess that was something you were wearing them on the regular and you just happened to be out and about? Yeah, I was on a meeting. I was on my way to a meeting. Um, and usually when I, wear, I go to a meeting, people, you know, appreciate right. that I bring them just you know it's that kind of thing it's like sure. oh yeah I'll bring a ring so I can see them blah 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 but the meeting got canceled so I was like oh uh let me just jump in the gym get a quick workout in and uh when I was there I walked in and I saw you know a guy came in after me sat down and asked me oh like I looked at him and he was he was dejected and so I said oh you know what's wrong and he said well I forgot my lock and uh, I was like, well, you can throw your stuff in with me. And he's like, oh, no, my girlfriend's coming. So I was like, all right, cool. Locked up my stuff, went out, jump on a elliptical. And within two minutes, I just had a feeling something was off and saw him walk out and uh, got off the elliptical, went in, and everything was gone. And I just bolted out. 
but within that within four hours it was plastered all over social media we already found them and they just installed a week before they just installed an hd camera so it was it was a split second finding this guy um he just disappeared off their you know radar for a little bit until they found him uh breaking into another house so yeah <laughs> not happy enough with the score he already got and yeah. so how, how did he get into the locker oh everything was cut off yeah okay so yeah, he had a gym bag so he must have had some big <laughs> some big uh what's well jaws of life or whatever you call it like right big snips or whatever on him I, like yeah. i'm just gonna share my perspective if i yeah. was sitting next to you I don't care if I know you have gray cup <laughs> rings or not, or whatever monetary value is in that cupboard. Yeah. I'm not going to mess with you in particular. <laughs> know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe if it was the punter, <laughs> I'll take his ring. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to go after uh, the lineman. No way, no how. Anyways, uh, so they they did find this guy, but yeah. they never did find the rings. No, uh, he said he sold them and uh, he played guilty. That was about over a year, year two years ago. Um, yeah, so now it's just in the process. So, All right. So, yeah, I was listening to another podcast that you were on. No surprise mm -hmm. about mindset because you've already dropped so many amazing <laughs> nuggets. And thank you. Uh, but there's so many different levels that were attached to these rings. And yes, I had had a discussion with you about you know whether or not you're religious, and I've dibble dabbled and there's a saying that the things that you love too much, mm -hmm. you know, are, are the things yeah. that, that will be taken away, that God will take away from you. Yeah. And you were saying that there was um, a lot of attachment to these rings because it maybe at one point or another anyways, validated you as mm -hmm. a champion, right? Physically, that yeah. was the physical worth of those rings maybe you'd like to speak on that a little bit yeah so uh, you know one thing i was in the iron working industry um when i talk about this is uh i like i'm not i was never attached to, i never knew I, if i was attached to them because it didn't phase me when they're gone in that respect that it does everybody else but i knew uh i could get different things wearing them so for example being in the construction i could walk in and and no one would know who who I am, obviously, without those rings on. And I'm a foreman there, and I knew the second I put them on, I had the general man, every single person in the basket, whatever we needed. Oh yeah, for prefer preferential treatment to us, you know. Don't worry about these guys. Oh yeah, it's great cup champ, Rand. Don't worry, right? But <laughs> yeah. it's like, are you only doing that now because you know of the football? So you know, do I still have that power? without wearing them right that was a question to myself is like i knew i'm like are people only paying attention to me because the fact that i'm i've you know got these two great cup rings or is it me myself and when they were gone gone i was saying there's a blessing because i knew it wasn't the rings it was me mm -hmm. i could still you know command a room you know have presence within there because of my personality instead of you know thinking it was the rings the whole time right it reinforced what you already knew yeah yeah well i didn't i didn't know for sure but i definitely know now <laughs> yeah no doubt now in regards yeah. to losing the rings and not giving that much of a poop obviously yeah. the monetary value 
didn't bother you much, but you were telling me those rings were like 15, 20 grand a piece at least. Yeah, they're 15 and 12 about those two back then. So inflation about, yeah. All right. Out there. <laughs> You're cool with that. You're better than me. <laughs> That's for I sure. Know, and I'm not the first one. I can tell you stories. There's, uh, I know three of my at least close friends have lost them. Really? And oh, have yeah. they dealt with it the same way that you have? Oh, they got them back. Oh, yeah. they got them back. But, okay. Yeah, they had to pay to get them back. You know, everyone has to get them remade or whatever. But one was even, one one went out the cab on a highway. Oh, <laughs> man. Right out the window. Yeah, there's stories. Yeah. There's I bet. Ones. Well, do you want to share one or? Oh, I couldn't. Uh, okay, yeah. It's somebody else's ring. Yeah, it's someone else's. Then, so. <laughs> okay. I, I couldn't even like explain it the way it has to be explained. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So in regards to the achievements, though, I guess it, it speaks on the fact that if you have goals and you go out there and you achieve them and you're proud of them and they mean something to you here, physically, it really just doesn't matter that you have those rings or not. That's not something that could be taken away. No. Plus, you're on the cup. No. Yeah, exactly. My name's now, on there. Now the there. cup disappears, I'll get though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you're wiped off the face of the planet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, they can always be remade. It's just, it's just molten lava and pressure making diamonds. You know, it right. can be remade. I'm not even worried about it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah there's so many yeah. more important things than the physical. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. uh, that's really important. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the saying just right off the top of my head, but not relying too much on externals to make you happy to make you happy internally. Def, def, right. Def, if the rings, def. if the rings are the only thing that's keeping you happy, then there's a problem inside. There's a huge problem. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's move this forward to something really life changing. Now for me losing $30,000 worth of jewelry, that would be, <laughs> that would be pretty life changing. Why I had a heart attack. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Having an injury that ends my pro football career. That would be something else that would probably just, yeah. you know, that would be pretty life-changing. But, you know, you make yeah. all these adjustments and you persevere and you did it yeah. with this next one. And this would be the most real because this is, yeah. this is as internal as you can get because yeah. you had a problem with your ticker. Yeah. And you had yeah, a heart just, attack. Uh, yeah. I was uh, doing a jujitsu class and I uh, finished jujitsu, got home and I was just drained. And uh, sitting there, and boom, <laughs> like an elephant was sitting on my chest, and uh, hello, mini heart attack there. There's no mini, I guess there are no mini ones, it's a heart attack. But I uh, went to the clinic, and they're like, Oh, you're having a heart attack. I was like, Okay, thanks. <laughs> and I drove back home. <laughs> uh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So until I told the wife, and then uh, she's like, Yeah, you're going to the hospital. And then uh, her dad came and drove me over. But, uh, yeah, it was, I, I tell you, there's always a negative accompanied with every positive and there's always a positive accompanied with every negative. They can, you can't have one without the other. And I just choose to always see the positive side because I know it's there lurking somewhere. And once again, it was another blessing. Um, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have come up with the invention that I've been working on for the past nine, 10 months. And so it was necessary. Like 
it happened and it sparked something new because I'm looking for the positive. Mm-hmm. Like something bad happens to someone. If you're not looking for the positive, you're never going to have the opportunity to win from that. <laughs> I agree. And so many people get pissed off at that statement. You know, look for the positive mm-hmm. in things, right? For every negative, there's a positive. And if you don't mind me elaborating on that, yeah. because you and I, like, I consider you to be a high value individual to me, like a high value contact. And we've actually kind of gone through a lot together for people that are living yeah. two different parts of the country. <laughs> and I shared a very special time of my life with you, Randy, when we mm-hmm. were in live together. Uh, yeah. my, my mother had recently passed away. Yeah. And you were killing it. You were such an inspiration to me in that business. I'm telling you guys, I don't know if you know Randy or you <laughs> don't know Randy, but whatever this guy does when he's leading, I strongly suggest that you follow. <laughs> and one of the stories that I shared on stage and you were there is yeah. I, I talked about my mother and her passing and the fact that you hear about this silver lining around the cloud and it's not necessarily something that this always appears on its own you know sometimes you need to grab that silver lining marker and you need to you know i'm gonna say fucking with both hands man And, (laughs) and, and you have to you know draw the outline and sometimes you have to take a break sometimes you have to walk away but you go back to it and if you're not out there looking for the positives in shitty situations then you're only just left with shit Right. So you can yes. decide to just sit there <laughs> in your pile of shit or you can decide to kind of like yeah. maybe step out of it every once in a while and just do your best to find one takeaway from what you've been left with to make your life better. And then you'll yeah. start to understand that analogy just a little bit better. Now, 100%. the heart attack obviously brought a lot of things to light for you, uh, although you were already an incredibly appreciative person. But it did open your eyes to an industry that you had gotten into now for about two years. Yeah, two, almost a half now, yeah. Two and a half years. And uh, (laughs) there's this great video (laughs) that you posted. I'm probably going to have to put it at the end of this podcast so people can see it. (laughs) So Randy has transitioned into insurance. Oh, I just watched (laughs) my viewership drop. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. We're out. (laughs) We're done. And what I love about this video is right off the top, you mentioned that you're insurance and then you identify with how people feel about insurance. Like, oh, that feeling you just got right there. Stop it. Right. That's not me. That's not what I do. Explain to people what's different, number one, about Mm. what you do and how you do it, as well as the company that you're working with. Yeah, um, that feeling like 100%, everyone has that stigma because when you got your car insurance, home insurance, everything, it's, it's usually negative. And most companies aren't in the business to pay you. <laughs> They're, you know, that's what you people grow up learning. And it's like when you're young and you get your car insurance, well, you're paying more than your parents are paying because you're young. And then something bad happens and they're charging you more. Right. So it's crazy for us. Like I got introduced into insurance and I was like, no, thanks. Like someone just told me to get into it. I was like, Oh, I will always investigate and learn what there is regardless, because who knows who, what conversation I'm going to get with anybody. So 
you know, never know where it's going to take you. But then at the end of it, I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. And I call a buddy and he's like, you should come check out combined. And this company has been around for a hundred years and no one even knows about it. I'm like, well, okay, check it out. I'm like, definitely. I got to do this. Have to. Cause I looked at how many, I just put pen to paper of how many injuries I'd had. And right off the bat, I would have claimed over a hundred thousand and it would have saved me grueling through coming out of football, but all the way through, even when I was in college, it would have helped me out. Um, even since I was 12 for kids, like I, I see and process claims now for kids that break a thumb, um, like, you know, fractured ankle, get stitches and they're getting four grand. Go into that. So give me an example of one of these kids with an injury and how they got their money. The first, the first claim in our, in our office, like, so this company has been around forever, but we opened an office. And so across country, across North America, everyone still goes door to door knocking. And if you're in the city, what, like, if someone knocks on your door, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're probably going to hide. So, like, we came out and our office started, and we're like, okay, let's do this differently. Let's network. Let's do it through referrals and show how this business grows. But the first claim that came through was for a kid that was snowboarding and broke his thumb. And so uh, they're like, okay, do we even put this in? Do we even want to chance it? And they put in the claim, and a week later, this kid's got 4200 in the bank. Well, not the kid. The parents have it. Right. Kid gets a free Xbox probably. <laughs> but that other four grand is going to the parents. They're like, this is real. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's where it started. And now, you know, we've branched. We have 80, 80 agents in our, in our district. But we're the only ones that keep our clients. And, like, it's all customer service for us. So, like, something happens. I know every single claim that's going through from my people like my people actually called me out of the last one called me from the ambulance he was cutting down a tree in his backyard and the chainsaw slipped in him in the leg no and he's calling me he's like oh yeah i got what what do i do and i'm like first just go to the hospital <laughs> take care of yourself and we'll take care of this tomorrow but one day in the hospital paid him three thousand three hundred dollars that's amazing right? that's amazing like people don't get it Right? Well, insurance yeah. insurance is one of those things, though, right, where, you know, people think life insurance, they think about yeah. something bad happening to them, and they don't want to engage with that thought. It's just like our own mortality, right? We don't wake up every day thinking that we're going to die. And no. how are we going to take care of that death? There's so many people that don't have money for their own funerals. It's absolutely ridiculous, right? It's insane. Like, <laughs> I can't give you enough examples Mm-hmm. Like well, it, it's a weird when I don't know you've you've have you ever been in a restaurant like like worked in one yes so you know how you ever walk into the back of the kitchen for the first time and it looks it's like slippery the strangest, as shit so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah and it's the strangest place ever until you work there for a while right and it just becomes normal mm-hmm. or you you go into a new new city and you live there and you don't know where anything is but then everything's come so commonplace and that's what it is being an insurance. I was like, I never got to see all this stuff before. And then you're just submerged in it that you're like, this person getting cancer, this person getting this. And you see all the things people are, are getting just overwhelmed with and you're the solution. <laughs> right. And you know, and there's also two different types of people that do insurance. And unfortunately it just takes one to really turn people off on the whole thing. There yeah, are so- insurance people that are salespeople 
And listen, at the end of the day, we're all in sales, right? We all get paid for what we do. So I don't like poop on anyone for going out there and and making their money. But there's also the people that are out there and they really feel that they are adding value to the marketplace and they genuinely Mm -hmm. want people to take care of themselves. And I remember you reaching out to me as well and just saying like, Jay, I've come across something really wicked. And, you know, unlike the last thing that I was doing, like this is really helping people. Like I'm seeing people get help right now and what that makes your heart feel. Now, do you do all different types of insurance? Like you do death insurance, you do accidental insurance. Yeah, I do accidental, critical illness, disability. That's the one. Yeah. Now, what is the number one misconception when it comes to critical illness? And maybe you can just speak on this really quickly. Do not bore my listeners. (laughs) Because, because, and I'll tell you why, because I hear like so many conflicted messages when it comes to this. Like you put in this money for 20 years, if you don't use it, you get it back. Or if anything happens, it multiplies by this. Like, just give me, if I'm the guy that's looking at you and I'm trusting Randy Spencer, which I do, to give me some great great advice on critical illness, what does this mean for me? Critical illness is an amazing plan these days because of how, like, it's, it's weird to think people are living through a lot of the critical illnesses that were first created on these plans. Some people have a heart attack and they live through it, right? Okay, so yeah. medicines have advanced to such a point that, you know, when I had a heart attack, if I had my critical illness in place, that uh, you know, 50,000 critical illness plan, I would have had 50, you know, uh, right. 40 grand right there, right off the jump. So it's like that, that would have saved for like the whole year. But, you know, regardless, I still work it. But even for young people, I'll put a critical illness on somebody for 20 bucks for $25,000 of protection because it is seriously the smartest thing to do, mm-hmm. especially since the investment, like it depends on where you're getting it from because a lot of them will stop covering you at 65 okay. or 70. But if you can get a critical illness plan that goes until you pass, that's the best bet because every dollar goes back to a beneficiary. So you're not wasting a single dollar because why are you using it for? Right? Because right? if you if you have it till 65, you're probably gonna have the critical illness at 67. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? chances are. But now yeah. you, you're not covered anymore. Like, you, you mm-hmm. know, find a company that actually covers you in the most <laughs> important part of your like age time, like you know, that age gap of 65 up, not mm-hmm. stop it at 65. Right. Right. And the so, one thing that you're then, really pumped about when it comes to your business as well, specifically the company that, that you work for, is that this is a company that pays. They pay. It, it almost seems like they're eager to pay from what you've told me. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. pay, over, we pay average uh, $2.9 million for every working day in Canada. Yeah, that's wild. Right? That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Um, and that we don't advertise. So that's where all the money is going back to the clients. And the savings for families is astronomical. But for an ex- I think I gave you an example last time. I had a lady, uh, she had a, the minimum plan. It was a $14 plan. And she got in a car accident and it was her fault. And uh, she has ended up in the hospital for three months. Now her husband couldn't work. And so now two incomes are gone. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't, they're like, oh, well, if I go down, my husband will be work. It will work. Or right. my wife will be able to work. Well, what happens if they, they don't have the opportunity? Now two salaries are gone and a $14 plan saved their financial life. 
and paid him forty thousand dollars. Like right. does it doesn't even compute to people. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's why because people haven't seen it, and I just take the time to educate people that it exists. That's it. Right. Randy doesn't sell. Spencer does not sell. He <laughs> educates. Educate. He educates, and that's great. And I mean, I'm sure people get the feeling of that mm-hmm. already. You're speaking in very general terms. <laughs> You're not trying yeah. to like snake oil salesman them right now. No. Uh, it comes from a good place. Go out there and find whatever works best for you. But if you have a good vibe from this gentleman, I strongly suggest, and I will personally vouch for Randy that you're in good hands. And you're an Ottawa native as well. That's right. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I was supposed to be back there that past summer, but, you know, whatever your shirt says. <laughs> this thing? That you can get I, I, at gallantmedia.com slash shop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or the Launchpad merch right there from my sponsor. Well, Randy, uh, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Like, this literally took months <laughs> to happen. <laughs> yeah. And you were one of the first people that I wanted to speak to because you're just you're just 100% value, brother, and you come from such Man, a Man, it comes from value, comes from value, and I appreciate you for doing this. This is like you're calling, like you're the voice. We always uh, talked about your voice for radio, your voice for everything. It's like, dang, can you shut that thing off? The ladies <laughs> around it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Well, thank you, buddy. I will play that video. I'm going to throw that video there on the end because that'll have all your contact information, yeah, it what does. you're doing. And I really do hope that at least one person reaches out and gives this gentleman a champion through and through an opportunity. Uh, to make sure that when you need a champion, it's there for you. So thank you again, Randy Spencer, two-time Grey Cup champion, now working in insurance for you. Uh, Another huge shout-out to my sponsors, IT Gorilla and Gallant Media. Make sure that you are sharing this podcast to your Facebook wall to score yourself, potentially, a free Android box from IT Gorilla and free merch like this from Gallant Media, and he will do all your business development stuff like Great mugs. Look at this. That's me. Thumbs up. Can you see that? Oh, nice. Oh, oh. <laughs> right there, too. Shameless. All right. And make sure to subscribe at the launchpadpodcast.com. J Man saying, as always, you take care, be well, and love simply because you can. My name's Randy Spencer. I'm with Boss Benefits. Well, I played in the CFL for a couple years, won a couple great cups, and uh, got into management. The brotherhood was what I was always drawn back to, uh, being a captain, uh, taking care of people. I was sitting in a bar and a gentleman said, you should sell insurance. And that exact feeling that you're getting right now when I said the word insurance is how I felt and how I don't want anyone else to feel. That stigma should not be there. You should know that there's insurance that will actually pay you for what you need. I created Boss Benefits so I can continue to protect families, protect my brothers and those out there that I coach. Every time I sit with a family, the number one thing I hear is, where were you when? And I don't want to hear the when. I want to give you the opportunity to get the education and you have the peace of mind going forward to have the protection you need throughout your life. A lot of people are so used to paying for car insurance, house insurance, um, even pet insurance. Even, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. But most people don't look at covering themselves. That's what I want to do and give you the opportunity to know that there's something out there that's going to take care of you for the time you get in an accident or you have been sickness. Give me a call, 780-246-7676. Boss Benefits, also at thebossfather.com.